how do you become an expert in a field? I get asked this question pretty much every day on social media, or what happens is somebody will post a study or a link or something like, well, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at this study. And they post a study that taken out of context may show that I don't know what I'm talking about, but then you look at it and it was like a something from 1952 or 1995, which more recent data has shown is not true. There are studies from 1952 and 1995 that are well done and really good studies. However, there is also newer data that shows that that data may not be true. So how do you become a true expert in a field? What does it depend on? How do you know? Like, like how do you know if somebody's a real expert? So the first thing I think is you have to have foundational knowledge. First of all, you have to be passionate about it. Like if you're not passionate about something, you're not really going to care that much about it and you're not going to want to learn. You're not going to get any better. But number one, I think you have to have foundational knowledge. You have to have read the textbooks. Like I always tell my residents, if you are in internal medicine resident, you better read Harrison's or you better be, read Cecil's. Those are 2000 page uh, textbooks on internal medicine. Harrison's is the one I read. If you are going to be a cardiology fellow, you better lead breed. <laughs> you better read Braunwald. Braunwald. Um, Braunwald is the foundational book for all things cardiology, and it only gives you like a basic foundation. It is not going to tell you about echocardiography and lipidology and valve disease. Those are all their own separate textbooks. So to get just a basic foundation in cardiology, you need to read Harrison's, and it's usually a gigantic one-volume book or a gigantic two-volume book. And it has obviously gotten bigger and bigger over the years. The reason I usually recommend that people start with foundational knowledge like a textbook is because if something has made it into a textbook, then it is highly likely to be accurate and be corroborated, be reliable, have been reproduced by studies. It's highly likely to be correct. So they would not add something to a textbook that is like a one-off thing here and there, unless it's like absolutely proven and it was a fantastically well done, well-researched topic. You're not just going to get this stuff in that makes it into a textbook that's just not sensical or not real. So if that's the case, once it's made it into a textbook, it's probably true. Now, I will tell you that textbooks can sometimes be a little bit behind. Um, you'll notice that a textbook published in 2023 might not be that up to date based on the latest 2023 data because these things take a lot of time. They have hundreds of authors. They have thousands of authors sometimes. Like each each physician or each, re each researcher, each clinician, each expert is submitting one paragraph in one section or an entire chapter or they're an expert in this one rare disease. Textbooks have to cover rare diseases too. So they're waiting for all this stuff to come in. It might take three to five years. That's why you don't see these textbooks coming out every year because it's not going to change that much. But every three to five years, when they've gotten everything together and they put it back into it again, you'll notice that they may be three to five years behind. But a textbook from 10 or 15 years ago is going to be much, much further behind. So the number one thing that you really need to do is read a textbook on that topic. That's the one way to know that you are foundationally sound. If you don't have the foundation, you really shouldn't be reading studies on that topic. Now, that's where the next step comes in. Once you have a good foundation 
of a topic that you are passionate about, it's important to also practice that. So like me as a cardiologist, I practice cardiology. I see it every day. If I read the cardiology textbook and or a study or what have you, I know how it applies to reality because I'm seeing it occur. I'm seeing it happen uh, right in front of me. You know, when they tell you somebody who has uh, atherosclerosis at a young age, make sure you check a lipoprotein A and I see it a lot. I do check lipoprotein little A's and what have you. So I'm familiar with how that's done, how we treat it, what we do with it. The data and the foundational knowledge and, and studies don't have you make a lot more sense when you have experience in that field. Experience in the field isn't always necessary, but it definitely helps you get a deeper, more thorough understanding. Like there's a lot of researchers, there's a lot of cardiologists, doctors, physicians, and people who aren't even medical that do a lot of research in a the field. They're like the calcium CT scanner expert or the angiography you know, transaortic valve replacement expert, but they don't actually do it. They don't actually see what happens to patients after they get these scans. They might be like the inventor of the calcium scan, uh, like Dr. Agaston was, and they call it Agaston units because of him. He's a cardiologist that invented this calcium score, but it really didn't take uh, effect or people didn't really use it. And it wasn't widespread until about 2019, 2020, when a little blurb about it was added to the guidelines. Still till today, even though he invented the, the calcium scanner, the technology is advancing, but he may not, and I don't know this for sure, but he may not be somebody who deals with patients that get a lot of calcium scans and then what to do with it. There's a huge difference between somebody who knows the science and somebody who actually treats people. They may both be good, but obviously the one that knows both is obviously better. The second layer, so the first layer is foundational knowledge. The second layer would be experience in that exact field or that foundation. Like, you know, I can talk about cholesterol all day, but if I'm not treating it and I'm not actually dealing with it and I don't see what happens to people, it's really hard for me to have a reliable or accurate understanding or opinion. Like a lot of these people online will post something and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Atherosclerosis is blah, 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 blah. Inflammation, this oxidize that like seed oils, you know, whatever, just a bunch of nonsense. They don't actually deal with the problem. They might be the greatest researcher in the world. They read all the books. They read all the studies. But a person who actually deals with it actually knows what is actually happening. You know, we see smokers. We see diabetics. We see atherosclerosis. We look inside your arteries. We look at your coronary angiogram, CT scans, cardiac MRIs. We put in the stents ourselves. We know what happens. I'm not saying you absolutely have to be practicing that field. But definitely someone who practices the field knows way more how this works and is applicable than somebody who doesn't. Now, there could be somebody who just practices cardiology but hasn't read foundational knowledge. That would be different, too. Obviously, the person who's done both is better. And there's examples of both. The next layer would be uh, someone who reads the studies. The, the Like I said, the data in textbooks is a little bit behind. Not a lot, just a little. It's maybe two to three years behind. Whereas a study that was just published in 2024 or is about to be published and it's like a preprint copy that you read, you can interpret it. But if you have the foundational knowledge of how that functionality works or what that system is, like let's say cholesterol, for example, or lipids, if you've read every lipidology textbook in the world there is and now you're interpreting new studies, you have a better understanding of what is going on and you know how to interpret that data. The worst thing you can do is be one of these people that just post studies all the time. Like, you know, I get this a lot. I, I post a video 
or something on social media and somebody posts a study that says, you're wrong. What about this study? So first of all, go to my podcast called That One Study. There's this huge fallacy when people post that one study that all we should do is just look at that one study. You know, there's different kinds of studies. There's different quality. There's different metrics. They're measuring different things without foundational knowledge and experience. It's hard to interpret those studies. Although you could be a researcher and you might be able to, you know, it just really depends. But but one single study without without foundational knowledge or even experience is not going to help us attack the topic very much. So the most important thing is foundational knowledge. You got to have foundational knowledge in that field. You need to have experience. You don't have to, but it makes it a lot better. If you've read every textbook and you practice this on a daily, you know, way, like imagine yoga. You can go read a hundred yoga textbooks, but if you don't practice it, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea how to do it other than like looking at the pictures and descriptions and trying to do it. They tell you this is what you're supposed to feel or this is how it's supposed to look and you try and try and try, but it's not that easy, right? Now, the next layer would be, like I said, the studies. In light of what you know and what you've experienced, now it's much easier to interpret data. When somebody posts a study about, well, what about this study on saturated fat? You have the foundational knowledge to say, well, yeah, sure, it might have shown, it might have shown that, but they didn't look at saturated fat in this way. Where somebody says, well, what about this yoga pose compared to that one? Or, you know, this muscle building strategy compared to that one. If you haven't read the foundational knowledge, you're not certified in it, you don't practice it. It's very hard to interpret new data and new studies. So this is why I like experts and expert opinions, because they've done the foundation, they've practiced it, they have experience in it, they've read the studies, and they know uh, what they're talking about in general. Obviously, it's not have to always be the case, but generally, that's the best way to become an actual expert or be a real expert in the field. Um, a few other things is obviously, it needs to be your passion. Somebody who's not passionate about something is not going to care about it that much. I know a lot of doctors that went into a field because they thought they'd make a lot of money or their parents told them they should do it so they can take over the family practice or what have you. They're not that passionate about it. They're not going to be that good at, at it and not know that much about it. Um, you want to always be a continual learner. If your medical education stopped when you graduated residency or fellowship, you're not going to be a continual learner and you're going to get behind really, really quickly. Literally, somebody posts a study from like 10 years ago. I'm like, man, 10 seconds ago, things change. You know, waiting 10 years is, an, is a lifetime in medicine. 10 minutes ago, there could have been a new study published, you know. So there's a lot of things um, where continuous learning is hugely important. Like I said, experience is another huge one. If you don't actually do that for a living and you don't practice it, whether it's yoga, fixing cars, mowing lawns, landscaping, cardiology, whatever, if you don't actually do that for a living, it's very difficult to, you know, be an expert in that field. Another thing I highly recommend is people should get a mentor. Find somebody, and this could be like your partners in your practice or people that have done it before, somebody online that you reach out to and bounce things off of. I have a lot of people that I kind of coach them on the side that need my help with, you know, growing as a person, growing as a physician, growing in their, you know, workout routines or what have you weight loss, whatever it might be. Um, everyone needs a mentor. I had mentors growing up and, you know, getting into cardiology and what have you. Everybody needs a mentor of some kind. Um, they also need to be people who seek a lot of feedback, not like in a way where you don't know what you're talking about and you need feedback, but like you should be open to 
discussions and debates with people who know what they're talking about. Like if you are a world-class cardiologist, expert in your field, and you have Joe, the truck driver, you know, arguing with you about cardiology, that's not what I'm talking about. Joe is allowed to, not allowed to, but Joe can ask questions and be inquisitive and you're welcome to help Joe learn, but you should not be seeking feedback from Joe. Hey, Joe, you know, what do you think about seed oil? Like Joe has no clue what he's talking about. You know, you're the cardiologist. You're the expert in your field. You should not worry that much about people who do not know what they're talking about. Um, obviously, focus on your field. Focus on your craft. Be mindful. You know, practice it deliberately. When you're doing your yoga poses, you don't just do them halfway. You go, you do them with purpose. You do them like with focus. You want to do it the right way. Same thing with cardiology or any field, whatever you're in. Don't just half-ass it. You have to like really want it and really be passionate about it. Um Another way to get really, really good at what you're doing is to teach it and share your knowledge. If you know something well enough to teach it, then you really know something. And we've found that, you know, through studies and through everything, if you know a topic well enough to teach it, you really, really, really know that topic. And if you know that topic, please teach it. You know, it's it's nice that you got to that level where you know it and can teach it, but please teach it because there are people out there that need to learn this stuff and you are an expert in it and you're passionate about it, you should teach it, which is why I teach so much on, you know, various social media platforms, YouTube, what have you. Another one is be persistent. Stay patient. Um, If you're not an expert yet, expertise takes times. Go and read those books. If you graduate med school and you didn't read Harrison's, like you graduate internal medicine, you didn't read Harrison's, go back and read Harrison's. If you graduate cardiology fellowship and never once opened up Braunwald's, go back and open up Braunwald's. Absolutely, you will learn something new. Not one thing, but a billion things. So much. I remember in fellowship, when I uh, opened up Braunwald's and started reading it, it was like opening up a whole new world. It's like, wow, you know, what my attendings taught me and what these other doctors are saying is actually not that true. You know, their knowledge is behind, obviously, because, you know, they graduated, maybe haven't opened a textbook since then. But you will know a lot more just by going back and reading the textbooks and the foundational knowledge if you haven't done that yet. Um, another one is network and collaborate. This is huge. A lot of doctors don't talk to other doctors, don't go to conferences, don't do journal clubs, don't do didactics, don't do teaching, don't do any of this like continuing education type stuff. You're supposed to, and they do, you know, just to fulfill the requirements, but they don't actually go. Like, you know, they don't attend conferences. They don't go give lectures at conferences. They don't publish anything. They don't do research. It's super important to go and network. Go talk to people. Be like, hey, you know, your doctor so-and-so, I remember you, I read that paper you wrote a few years ago. I read your book. It was amazing. Can you sign it for me? I brought it with me. Like, you know, whatever it is, go and network with people who are your peers and know more than you. Don't surround yourself with people that know less than you. Always surround yourself with people that are ahead of you and know more than you so you can get to that level. Like I remember one time Dr. Lipid corrected me on Twitter. Dr. Lipid is Dr. Thomas Dayspring. People, I had posted something that was incorrect. I don't remember what it was. People tag Dr. Lippitt in it, and he's like, no, 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 this is not how it works. Here's actually how it works. And people are like, dang, you got blasted by Dr. Dayspring. I'm like, no, I'm honored to be blasted by Dr. Dayspring. You got to be humble and be willing to learn. Dr. Dayspring has 37 years of experience as a lipidologist. I do not. He is ahead of me, and I should be honored that he came down to my level and was willing to correct me, you know. Most people probably be like, you know, this guy's an idiot. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to bother. He took time out of his day to actually respond 
to something that I posted that was not correct, he corrected me. I'm honored and blessed to have that much respect. Like he respected me enough to actually want to correct me and say something where he could have just ignored it or blocked me or said, this guy's an idiot, right? Another thing I feel like is super important, you need to like reflect on your progress. Maybe once a year, I don't know however you want to do it, once a quarter or whatever, sit down and, and put down maybe a list of like, hey, where do I want to be in the next two months, 10, 10 months, five years, one year, whatever. Are you getting to that point? Do you want to be like the world's greatest lipid expert? Do you want to be the world's, you know, foremost uh, uh, expert on calcium scoring? Do you want to be the world's best landscape designer writing books on lens, landscape design? Do you want to be a world famous chef or cook or whatever you want to be? Sit down and reflect and adapt. If you haven't gotten there, you're not going in the right direction. Try to uh, adapt to those things so that you can get there. And always remember, embrace knowledge, embrace teaching, embrace learning. Be humble. You do not know everything. And, and the way to get to knowing everything is by actually trying to learn from people who are ahead of you and that know more than you. Now, if you want to talk to a cardiologist all day and all night, join my community drallo.net slash community, dot slash community. It's always in the links below. You can talk to me, text me all day and all night. And once a week, we have live Zooms and you actually will get access to all of our previous live Zooms. And I will see you in the next episode. Peace.